my whole life, I've noticed that I, I'm really good at following my intuition and that has always led me to the right spot. And that is something that is invisible and I can't touch, but I know I really have to trust even if I'm terrified. That's Isabel Muller and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. I hope that you'll be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Have you ever been on a camping trip or snowboarding and thought, I really wish I could change my underwear, but... I, you don't because it'd be a complete pain in the ass to take off your shoes and your pants and then your base layer and like everything else you're wearing just to change your underwear. Great news. Today's guest, Isabel Muller, has solved this problem. Her brand Switch created underwear that you can switch out at any time without taking off all of your layers. So you're always wearing a fresh pair. On this episode, we talk about where this idea came from, why it personally matters to her, and how our business is changing the way we'll all think about underwear forever. All that and so much more coming up, but first. If you're interested in discovering what possibilities and businesses are available for you to create and to live your most fulfilling life, please visit thepowerfulladies.com forward slash coaching and sign up for a free coaching consultation with me. There is no reason to wait another day to not be living your best life when you instead could be running at full speed towards your wildest dreams today. Well, welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, my pleasure. Um, I'm really excited for everyone listening to hear about your business and how it can revolutionize women's lives in ways they never thought they needed revolutionizing. I'm excited too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's begin. Let's tell everyone who you are and what your business is. Sure. Uh, My name is Isabel Muller, and um, my new business is called Switch. Our MVP, our minimum viable product, is um, a sporty and sustainable mid-rise bikini underwear that I designed for the active woman. Um, And that means that there is a fastener, like a flat and fa- a flat and flexible fastener at each hip, that is super seamless. You can't see under your clothes, and it allows you to change your underwear without having to take your whole outfit off. So, like if you're on the way to work after the gym, or you're in a tiny airplane bathroom, you don't have to strip your whole outfit off just to switch out your underwear. Um, and I guess I can start by talking about how yeah, I thought please. of the idea. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, so I, I, um, I've had the idea for years. It would just kind of pop up in scenarios when I wished I had the product, but it wasn't until last year, um, when I was on a camping trip, um, it, it, it would come up a lot for me when I was camping, like. Um, for the campers listening, you know, when it's cold, you're especially wearing a lot of clothes, um, you know, maybe a couple pairs of leggings, socks, shoes, and 
to change at night, like say you want to get in your pajamas or if you need to change for a hike, you have to take off your shoes and then lie down and change in your tent. I mean, depending on what type of tent you have, if you have like an eight person tent, it's different. But um, my partner and I uh, backpack and also camp, um, you know, do car camping, but we have a pretty simple setup and you have to lie down and like shimmy your pants off <laughs> yep. um and then you know change your underwear and then put them all back on and those were the most inconvenient moments and um finally last year I was just like I, th- I'm over this this there's got to be mm-hmm. a sporty chic like athletic vibe underwear out there that fastens at the hips it's made it's like made for backpackers or athletes um or anyone like there has to be a product out there so I was finally like well I'm gonna you know do my research and um see if there's one out there and after doing research I and asking around um like I googled for hours and hours and hours and I couldn't find anything and I was really I was really really surprised um because this was this was something I needed and I wanted so bad. And talking to other friends and other women, they're like, oh, yeah, that has to exist, right? Um, but hadn't thought about it. Um, so that's when I kind of got a bee in my bonnet about <laughs> figuring this out. Um, still, at that point, I hadn't, I hadn't thought that I would, you know, make it or anything. But I... Um, I wanted to talk to someone about it. I, you know, I have a background in interiors, so I don't, um, I, I don't, I didn't at the time know a lot about the fashion world and how that works, but I imagined it was similar to the same process of, you know, designing custom furniture, like, you mm-hmm. know, reaching out to the right people and knowing who can make it. So I just, I put out a couple feelers and, um, I, like the first text I got back was within 15 minutes. I, you know, I texted my cousin who's been in LA for a while and she, she has been in the fashion world and has a lot of connections. And I I asked her, do you know anybody that is in product design or the fashion world that I might be able to run an idea by just to see, you know, if they know if it exists or if it doesn't, maybe I could I don't know. I didn't know. Like, I didn't have mm-hmm. the confidence at that point to be like, I'm going to make this. Um, <laughs> but I am. Um, so I I heard back from my cousin really soon after texting. And she was like, yes, I have the perfect person to connect you with. Um, her name is Kay. She um, is a friend of mine. And she's been in the fashion world for like 30 years. I'll text connect you guys, see what happens. So she group texted us. And she was like, Ryland's cousin, Isabel, has an idea. She just wants to run across. Um, do you have time? And she, Kay texted back and she said, hey, so nice to meet you. I'd love to talk about it. I'm so slammed right now. Uh, is on retainer for some big athletic companies and is, was slammed at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was so kind and was like, I'd love, you know, she's all about female creators and was like, I'd love to hear your idea please send me an email. I have no idea when I'm getting back to you, <laughs> but <laughs> just send it all. Happy to sign an NDA uh, if you uh, need me to. Didn't know what an NDA was. Google that. <laughs> <laughs> um, non-disclosure agreement. Um, 
And I, I sent her this big email with all my hopes and dreams for the for the product. And, you know, it's it, it's so much beyond camping. I I've spent my whole life kind of needing and wanting this product, but never really knowing exactly what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, leaving hot yoga and wanting to go get lunch with friends, but like, oh, I got a shower, I got a change, like, I don't have time, you mm-hmm. know, saying no to so many um, experiences and activities and social gatherings because I was afraid that I was going to get a UTI if I sat in my wet underwear any mm-hmm. longer or like a yeast infection or I was very limited because I didn't have this solution. So I really poured my heart out <laughs> to this woman that I was putting trust in. And I emailed her this whole, you know, uh, and I was like, okay, that feels good. Like I had an idea and I emailed someone about it. Like that's an accomplishment. Um, cool. Like maybe <laughs> she'll, she'll know what to do. Uh, and I was like, I'll probably hear back from her in a couple of weeks. It was a Friday afternoon, and I um, I had been, you know, at that point kind of getting excited about the idea, like, oh, like, I'm connected with someone. You know, I put a feeler out, and I got a reaction. This is cool. Um, so I sent that email out, and it was like 3 in the afternoon, and then I remember I was out um, to dinner with uh, some friends and my partner, and I remember an email popping up on my phone. And it was like 10 p.m. And I was like, what? And I got an email back from her and long email. It was like, <laughs> and it started, I forget the exact sentence, but she was basically like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have to be a part of this. I have so many ideas. She just, it was a novel of like relating and other ideas and other concepts and how this product could really help all the, this slew of women. You know, she brought up the concept of moms, you know, postpartum or during pregnancy, like when you can't even, you know, see your toes and it's, you kind of peed your pants or like you just need to change your underwear, or like you're managing like all these toddlers or, you know, postpartum, like you have no idea what's going on there and mm-hmm. you don't, you can't rely and you know, other, other, um, situations came up, like, um, moms was a huge one, just like athletes in general on the slopes, you know, you get your period, what are you going to (laughs) do? Um, or like Mm -hmm. leaving the gym and wanting to go hang out with friends, which was a huge scenario of mine or, um, traveling like on a road trip for hours or you know and it was just it was really incredible to get such positive strong feedback from someone who is like well recognized and someone Mm -hmm. who knows what she's doing um so I've gone on a tangent but no this is perfect it's great okay great um she believed in me, you know, and I, up until then, I'd just been talking to my partner about it, who's a man, so he he's relating, but he doesn't actually relate, and my friends, and um, it was just really inspiring to get that email, and then from there, I was like, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could make this a product, so that was last July, 
Um, and now we are, we just recently launched, um, kind of soft launched our mm -hmm. website. And um, it's been really tricky because of the pandemic. You know, we never plan to launch right now. Um, <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty big obstacle, but um, we've, we've pivoted and checked in every step of the way to kind of figure out what is the next best step for Switch and how to get it to the people. Um, so that's why we launched on uh, Indiegogo, uh, like with a pre-order format, um, not only to expand our community and um, figure out what our first production might look like, but um, get more funding as well. Mm -hmm. We did a, a friends and family fundraising round and it ended a little bit before COVID started. So it was kind of cut short and um, very hectic. So we decided to continue through that. So that's where we're at now. Um, yeah. <laughs> when you, um, you know, look back at your life before you started taking on Switch and brainstorming and figuring it out and launching this business, did you imagine yourself becoming an underwear, like having an underwear empire? Was that ever in the game plan? No. <laughs> no, for so many reasons. Like, you know, I was looking at the questions that you typically ask in your podcast, and it was like, one of them was like, what are you shocked by? And I was like, that I'm an entrepreneur. Like, <laughs> like what am I? I laugh at it a lot, you know, when I'm not completely terrified of my life. I laugh at it. And, um... No, underwear, no. I, you know, I, I always thought I would do something creative. Um, you know, I, I grew up being passionate about creative writing. I was a huge poetry girl. Mm -hmm. Like, I, that's how I dealt with my feelings was writing. And um, I ended up majoring it. I majored in poetry in college for my first semester. Um, that didn't work out. But um, and ended up studying interior design, which really clicked for me. Um, so I'm not, I'm not surprised that I'm still going in the design direction mm -hmm. because, uh, technical and like engineering and, and, um, creative design really makes sense for me because I feel like my, my brain is very split. Um, you know, my right, left brain are yeah. balanced rather than being like extremely creative and, you know, not as much, um, balanced Analytical. on the other side. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, but so it makes sense because I need that balance. I really like, you know, the organization and then the creation. Um, Me too. Yeah. It's it's just, it feels good. <laughs> it mm -hmm. feels right. Um, but the fashion world is not where I thought I would be. It just for so many reasons, I, you know, I, um, a major reason is that I, when I was in my like mid teens, I wasn't diagnosed till I was 18, but in my mid teens, I developed an eating disorder. And that has been something that I, you know, have struggled with my whole life. I'm in recovery. I'm doing great, but mm -hmm. it's a disease and it is a disorder. And it, um, every day is a struggle in its own little way, but mm -hmm. having a career that's based around the female body and, and how it moves and how to make it comfortable. You know, 
the idea of making it comfortable and addressing female needs, I understand how I'm there. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> the fashion aspect and the like, the highlight of the female body is, and being in this industry now is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm sure it all is part of the plan, you know. Um, and breaking through the barriers that I need to in my recovery and um, my my progress, you know. Mm-hmm. What, so, yeah. <laughs> what are you putting in place or how are you thinking about it differently knowing that, you know, that's what you're recovering through and that's what you're working through? Um, I am very... Um, observant, observant of how women are portrayed when they're modeling product. Um, a huge challenge for me that has come through because of the pandemic was doing an in-home photo shoot. Mm-hmm. We were scheduled to do this really cool photo shoot with a real studio and models, and I drafted this really amazing, diverse group of women to present this product. And we had a producer and a photographer, like not uh, my first time doing all that. So it was exciting. And, um, but it all got cut short because of COVID and not being able to, you know, meet in person. So, um, but I didn't want to stop our progress. So I figured it out, and I'm quarantining with my partner, Kyle, and then my cousin, Vanna, and um, she just happens to be a model actress <laughs> <laughs> and works in the social media world, so that has definitely come to my advantage, um, and Kyle is a photographer, and they both do video, so it kind of just lined up, and I was like, okay, fuck it. I, I guess I'm modeling. And so are you, Vanna. (laughs) And (laughs) Kyle's going to take our pictures. And it was really a family, friends and family effort. And um, my, you know, we borrowed all this equipment from a photographer friend who used to shoot all my interiors. And it really, um, and I, but I was really nervous. I was really nervous to, to make sure that I was portraying my product in a, a, a way that made women feel good about their bodies. And it's so hard these days. Like, I was self-conscious about, you know, the lack of diversity culturally in the mm-hmm. photo shoot. And also, like, you know, since there's only two of us, there's not really a diverse representation of body type. Um, but it just was a compromise we had to make to get the product out there. And, you know, we really, my goal is to be as, representational as it can be of all women while still targeting our main demographic mm-hmm. which is which is really tricky um and I think because I have a history of body dysmorphia and um eating issues I I'm hyper aware mm-hmm. um maybe to a fault, like it doesn't let me relax about it. I'm like, oh, you know, does this person look too thin here? Or like, can I even say that? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard. And um, even with that, like when we were choosing the models for our photo shoot that someday we will have, I, I felt so out of my element, like judging people to 
to fit my brand. Mm -hmm. You know, like it really should be anybody, but like, we also want to have a balance and we need to make sure, you know, there's one of each size sample. We only have five samples circulating right now. And so that's all been a struggle, but it's also been very interesting. Um, But I think that, you know, to get back to really your main question, I think that my, my goal for our brand is to be as inclusive as possible while encouraging that versatility and and um, athleticism and power that we all have, um, and making sure that women who are seeing our content feel included, but also inspired to be mm-hmm. to be comfortable voicing their needs, which is what Switch is really all about. Um, you know, we have vaginas; we need options. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that being okay. So, yeah. Well, I think that's a perfect segue into what do you really think makes a powerful lady? And what do those words mean to you separately? And what do they mean to you when they're combined? I think that for me, what it means to be powerful is being comfortable voicing my needs. I, I've spent so much of my life not feeling comfortable having needs and feeling like my purpose was fulfilling the needs of the people who love me mm-hmm. to make them continue to love me. <laughs> and I think the switch in your brain when you, no, no pun intended. Um, Maybe it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> When you realize that your needs matter the most, that is when you're powerful. Um, When you know that, but also make yourself of service to what you're passionate about, I think that is even more powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it all really comes back to intuition for me. My whole life, I've noticed that I, I'm really good at following my intuition. And that has always led me to the right spot. And that is something that is invisible and I can't touch. But I know I really have to trust, even if I'm fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. It's like a pull I can't resist. Like, I can't. There's not really an option. Um but it's also really hard to follow your intuition because of everything we grow up knowing, you know, like it's still um, written, you know, in our childhood that, you know, as girls, you can be awesome and brave and accomplish things and be great. But in the end, you're you're going to be married and, you know, that's your that's your goal, mm-hmm. you know, and Disney princesses. I was thinking about that today. <laughs> Because I had a song from Pocahontas stuck in my head. Lord knows why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just around the river bend? Was it that uh, one? Uh, the one that's like, do you ever hear the wolf cry to the oh, blue? the color of our, color of the, the wind. The color of the wind. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I meditated and then that popped into my head. Um, anyway, I was thinking like, oh, that's such a great, like, powerful female movie. But, you know, it's all about her just like ending up with 
John Smith at the end, like, you know, uh, media and movies and books, Mm -hmm. like, well, not books, but social media and movies are really starting to change finally. But I think for my generation and like a little bit in and around, that still is in your brain. Like your goal is to serve someone else and be good at it. And that's not okay. <laughs> like our our goal should be to serve ourselves in a really like honest, intuitive way and then see what happens and see what like love and opportunities grows around that. Um, I love that. Yep. Well, um, in the month of May in Thrive Collective, we were taking on clarity and you know, one of the first conversations we had was what does it mean to really listen to your knowing, right? We all have this knowing, like we already know the answer most of the time when we're trying to make a decision or make a choice. Um, And we were talking about like different ways that we can listen to that more, right? Our intuition, the knowing, whatever's already there. What do you do to stay connected to it with it being so important to you and the path that you've been on so far? It's really hard. Um, I, I've especially been struggling in quarantine. Um, my, I, I really struggle with anxiety, which I think is at times, I think that's the one thing that's louder than my intuition for me. Mm-hmm. It really fights it. They're like opposite batteries. Yeah. You know, that, you know. Um, so when my anxiety is so loud and I, you know, I often wake up with, it feels like a, you know, those weighted bands that you put around your ankles and run. Like it feels like one of those is strapped around my heart and lungs when I wake up in the morning. And that is, that is a huge obstacle for me. So I guess in two parts, like honoring my anxiety and working through it is the only true way that I can really connect with my intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, uh, it was easier before I was trapped inside um, (laughs) with nothing but my body and my computer. (laughs) Um, But I've also noticed, and this is uh, still something that I'm still understanding, but I've also noticed that whether I like it or not, my intuition is driving me. I think the important part of it is remembering that it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, anxiety can really cloud me and feel like nothing is going to work out and nothing's going to be okay. And why did I do this? And who do I think I am designing underwear? And like, I'm not, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not valid. I'm not capable. I'm not strong. Um but whether I like it or not, like, it's like a seed. It's like it's growing whether I like it or not, um, even if there's rain or storm. or. Um, so what I really try to do, and honestly, preparing for this podcast, like looking through your questions and really writing and um, understanding my answers to what might come up, mm-hmm. um, it it made me really proud of myself. Um, so I, I really do try to look back and remember of what I have accomplished 
Mm-hmm. And that helps me listen more clearly to the knowing, to the intuition. Like, I got an alert on my phone a couple of days ago that I graduated from community college five years ago. <laughs> and, like, the amount that I've accomplished during that time is, like, blows my mind. Like what? Um, what are some things you're proud of? Um, well, it kind of just re- reminds me of the path that's kind of taken mm-hmm. place since since I graduated Um, My graduation day was a little sad because I didn't have any family there, but my friends grouped together and my boyfriend at the time and like to really support me. And like, you know, I was graduating from community college. I didn't think that that was a big of a deal, but my friends were like, no, it is a big deal. You're graduating college. Mm -hmm. We love you. They took me out to dinner. It was incredible. And then I, um, that was a big summer for me because that's when I moved from Santa Barbara to Los Angeles. And um, of, and it just reminds me of this huge pivotal moment in my life where I was planning to move to Los Angeles and go to FITM mm-hmm. to continue my interior design degree. But um, after I moved to L.A. with that plan, like I had it all planned out. I had been working for this interior design firm in Santa Barbara Um, But they were based in L.A., so Mm -hmm. I was going to go to school, and then I was going to work part-time at this firm. Um, I was so ready to sign my name on that $50,000 loan. Like, I was all in. Mm -hmm. And then one month into moving to L.A., like the month before school, I had been working for this firm and um, full-time because I had the time and I needed the money. And um, they were like, so— you don't need to go to school. <laughs> you're uh, you're great. We love your work. You're you fit in here. You're helping us. Like we'll give you a job. Like don't go to school. We'll give you a job. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was mad. I was happy. I was excited. I, you know, mainly mad because I had made all this this entire plan for myself, and I was in control of this path that I was on, and I moved to LA. I got an apartment. We decided on the apartment because it was between my partner at the time's work, and it was between my work and school. And then, um, you know, them being like, we'll give you a full-time job as a junior interior designer. And that's like the job after the job that I'd be looking for after school. Right. You get to <sighs> skip a few spaces. Yeah. So it was a huge decision for me to make. Um, I, in the end, decided to take the job. And it's probably one of the best things I ever did. Um, financials aside. <laughs> um, but that reminds, that's just, it's kind of like all these like jumping off points. Like it reminds yeah. me of that moment. And then being like, wow, I'm really good at this. And I really love it. Like, this is cool. Like, this is you know, I love design and I love this job and I love my coworkers. And um, and then every year I, I just felt myself getting more ambitious and more ambitious and like, mm-hmm. I can do more. I can have a higher position. I can handle that. Um, honestly, I probably took on way more than I could emotionally and mentally take. Um, but an interesting part of my <laughs> disease is that I am constantly trying to be better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. Um, but I kind of think of my disease and that other as another person. I'm like yes. two. Yep. I'm two people. 
that evil girl who shames me is in the back of my head. And sometimes she like picks herself up and starts walking around the room and talking to me. And sometimes she's like in her corner and I've got her like suit. She's in timeout. Right. Mm -hmm. So my ambition kind of has two, it's like the two, you know, the devil and the angel on your shoulders. They both contribute to your ambition. Yeah. In a good way and a bad way, but mostly honestly good. Um, But only when I'm working on it. Um, Yeah. So anyway, I I took that job. I worked there for a few years, and I and then that reminds me of oh, you left that job for a reason, and I left that job because of a lot of reasons. But mm-hmm. I mainly was feeling stifled mm-hmm. and um, wanted to grow more, and felt like I wasn't being able to um, connect with my creativity very much. So I made the choice to leave and explore other parts of the design field. So I did freelance staging and um I did like freelance project managing for another firm and that's when I started to realize that I can create and design my own life and like have Mm -hmm. it actually do what I want it to do while accepting that shit's gonna come out of nowhere um and how exciting so, is that? Like, I think that's a really profound thing to know. Like, that's honestly the thing I want everyone to know, which is why I c- created Powerful Ladies. Yeah. It, I mean, it's in, it's incredible. Like, sometimes nothing goes as planned, but sometimes it doesn't matter because you're still reaching, like, the end goal. Mm-hmm. But those decisions I kept making – we're building this confidence mm-hmm. that I didn't know I was building. But um, I started to build this confidence around my creativity and my eye. Up until that point, like working at a firm, I was doing very tedious, like similar work, you know. Yep. Um, and I, I never really had the opportunity to be like, let's do this. You yeah. know, for the for the actual like concept, mm-hmm. I was more behind the scenes. Um, so to start doing like decorating and um, being looked at as more of a pro- like a singular professional, not just someone else's employee, really, I started to be like, oh, <laughs> like people <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> Like I can, I can say words and them happen. <laughs> um, so that really started to build this nice foundation in me, and I, um, that's what inevitably led me to feel confident enough to start my own interior design business. Because all of a sudden, I had people asking me to design their house, and I did it. That's another thing. I, I always say yes, and then you do it. Yeah, and then I do. I just do it, mm-hmm. even if I. Even if I don't really know what I'm doing, I figure it out. But I never say yes mm-hmm. unless I know I can figure it out. Yeah. And I think that goes along with the, you know, fake it till you make it thing. Or I, I think it's the real secret. I think that's the secret to being an entrepreneur, right? Like, you never know all the answers, but you just have to start. And there's a few key things that I, I want to really highlight for you and everyone listening because you mentioned like following your intuition, making decisions that like kept building on each other 
and you were really making choices that you're like, well, that sounds more fun. That sounds more interesting. That sounds like I get to be more of me. And like you kept kind of following what gave you access to more of you. And that's where like crazy things show up. Like when you get to be more of you, then all of a sudden all these people show up and you're like, but wait, where did you come from? Like, (laughs) like you said, you're like, people do what I say. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, you you just mm -hmm. described it really well. Yeah. Um, So are you still currently, um, do you still have your interior design business while you're creating Switch? I, I am slightly. I've st- I've stopped um, accepting new. I've stopped accepting new clients, but I am still working on one project at this point mm-hmm. um, and seeing it through. Yeah. It's it's very tricky with quarantine because a lot of my job is done on site, so I've sure. had to shift to do it all virtually, which is hard on me and my client. But we're making it work. Um, and it is it is really difficult to toggle between, even though they're both in the design world, um, it's it's hard for me to shift gears. But um, I'm really grateful because you know that's income and that's still me creating and mm-hmm. so. But I am looking forward to be able to focus on one company, <laughs> at least for now. <laughs> yeah, at least for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most entrepreneurs I know are all multipreneurs, especially the creative ones, because you just have too many ideas. Like, right. They don't, it doesn't stop. So you need to kind of give them all a place to live. And right. you just like you were, you know, assigning uh, identities to different parts of um, your brain. I encourage clients to do that all the time, right? Like, Sometimes Patty Perfect shows up and she's not wasn't invited to the party, right? How do we tell her to come back? (laughs) And it's true, right? We all have these parts of um, our personalities or our brains that everything's a yin and a yang. It helps us do this, but it shouldn't do this, right? Like when party animal shows up and it's a work function, it doesn't go so well. When they show up and it's a party, it's great. So how do we, like, how do we get into control? Kind of like the Disney movie, um, Inside Out, right? How do you, right? How do you tell it when to show up or encourage it or tell it like, hey, I heard you, you're here because you're freaked out. I heard the message. I'll take care of it. You can sit back down. Right. Sometimes it feels like that last scene though, when you're in a, when they're in a cat's brain. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. I don't know. I laughed. Maybe it's because I have cats, but just like stomping all over the buttons. <laughs> For yeah, sure. That's For how sure. I feel. No, I um, I totally understand that, right? And every entrepreneur has founder's fraud, like regularly, if not daily or hourly, because when you're in the project, you're so excited and you're like, okay, and you're doing the work and then you pick yeah. your head up and you're like, wait, I thought there was somebody above me. What happened? I'm I'm in charge? Shit. Yeah. Oh, Shit okay. is right. Uh, <laughs> what did today? I do? Yeah. What I did I think... get myself into? Yes. That's you, the like, yeah. um, reminds me of, you know, back in the day when we wrote our resumes and knowing Excel was really important I, yes. I, it's still important, but I just, I laugh all the time at the phrase proficient in Excel. Yes. Because everyone wrote it on the resume, 
but you didn't really know how to do Excel, but you knew that if you got the job, you'd learn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like the fine line, but that's that's kind of always how I feel. Like me just being like, I'm proficient in Excel. Yeah, okay, uh, I can do this. Like, <laughs> No one watched me Google all the answers and functions. <laughs> right, just like Loki on YouTube figuring out how to, <laughs> to make spreadsheets. Turns out I'm amazing at Excel now. But when I started writing that, I was not good. Um, But that's still how I feel. I feel feel like an imposter. Yep. It's pretty common. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the good news is you're in great company. Thank you. (laughs) But I, I think also you were talking about how you've been gaining confidence, right? You've been gaining confidence by doing it. Like, you weren't sitting at home being like, today I'm adding two scoops of confidence. Like, that's not yeah. how it works. <laughs> so um, the same thing will happen in being an entrepreneur, right? Every milestone you check, that's why it's so important to celebrate those things. And there are moments in my entrepreneurial journey where I wish I knew less than I do. Because there's a part where you know too much, And like, you know, just enough where you're like, I am not doing steps like eight through 20. Uh, And you know, they're there, but you don't know what parts of them you're not doing right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, so I think sometimes people who really just like have no idea what's supposed to happen, like it's easier because you're like, I don't know, we'll figure it out tomorrow. Right. And I'm like, I'm envious of that sometimes. And I think... Being able to just know, like you've said, like you can figure anything out. And if not you, you know how to phone a friend. Right. That's how the whole world works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Google, phone a friend, go to the library, right? (laughs) I I definitely feel the pressure, though, of needing to – I think I'm supposed – even though I know, I Mm -hmm. don't know what I'm doing a lot of the time – I feel pressured to know. It's like, how dare I try something without knowing how to do it? Like, it's your own fault you're anxious because you didn't go to school for this. Like, it's your own fault you're scared because you weren't already an entrepreneur. Like, also, I, I still, I'm still getting used to saying the word entrepreneur because I mm-hmm. always think of a man when I hear that word. Yeah. And I hate it, but I, I, it's still, there's this little part of me that's like, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm just like doing some stuff, you know, (laughs) Um, or I, I equate it with success as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter if you're succeeding or if you're failing or just you putting yourself out there and like. And you putting yourself out there with an idea that you're passionate about and trying to make a business out of it makes you an entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. There's a course I do or a workshop called From Creative to Entrepreneur. And it's targeted to people who are creatives that are making stuff that aren't giving themselves credit as entrepreneurs Mm. and just need to layer in a few things to really make it work. Because the only gap between a business and a hobby is that you get paid to do one and the other one costs you money. So all there's like so few things to put in place to turn what you're already doing into a business. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the other foundation of powerful ladies and the coaching business because whether you do eyebrows or you, you know, are the, you know, Spanx, Sarah Blakely, it's all female, like, people who own their company, they're, they're like owner-operated businesses. Mm-hmm. And they all have the opportunity to have whatever is in the entrepreneur bubble, right? Like we think that an entrepreneur has to be Steve Jobs, Y Combinator, millions of dollars, all this funding. And it's like, no, that's actually not most small businesses. It's not most businesses at all. Mm -hmm. Like 80% of of small businesses are Mm self-funded. It's like, it's wild. And I was looking at a statistic the other day of like what the average income is in America for a small business, like sales. And it's like... $80,000 $80,000 a year is the average income wow. or average sales for a small business in America. Because that includes everything. Painters, electricians, plumbers, nails, hair, eyebrow, anyone who doesn't have a boss. Wow. And so I almost feel like we need to kind of reclaim that entrepreneur word. Yeah. And it's just like two generations ago, there were way more entrepreneurs because everyone just had to like figure out how to make money themselves. Right. And so I'm glad that we're kind of back in this renaissance of people realizing, like, we got to figure this out for ourselves. Like, no one else has ever, you can't, it's really hard. It's not impossible, but it's hard to get breakaway time or breakaway money when you're employed by somebody else. Right. What you're you're saying reminds me of this this frustration that came up for me the other day from not being well funded you know we mm-hmm. we did our we did our work to get some funding to get our product created it was a lot of research and development and branding and but i i've been researching constantly researching new ways um to promote our indiegogo campaign mm-hmm. and get eyeballs you know like we talked about the other day um and you know, we are doing Facebook ads. We are doing Instagramming. I've started to email everyone on the planet, sent out like 3,000 emails last week. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you for you. following the instructions. I know. Thank <laughs> you. I actually got, this is another story, but I actually got blocked out of my email. Like they were like, you you reached your quota. Oh, that happened um, to me. I forgot to tell you that part. So. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. For everyone listening, we had right. like an hour huddle last week about things she could do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it made me laugh really in the end. But anyway, I um I wanted to I actually reached out to a couple other female founded um, startups who had an Indiegogo campaign or had a successful mm-hmm. one, and I was like, "Hey, I'm like you. I'm trying to raise money. Do you have any tips for me?" And I heard back from this wonderful company. Um, I can't wait for their product. They're called Alder. They're making these rad outdoor pants um, that are like, they look like trousers, but they're made for fitness. Mm -hmm. It's totally up my alley. Um, And I asked them and they gave me so much great advice. And one of them was um, to check in with um, some marketing agencies that are specific to Indiegogo and Kickstarter. And I was like, okay, but they they sound expensive, but I'll check in. Mm -hmm. And I got a couple quotes and I talked to them and it made me so frustrated because everything that they do you know, and I'm not saying this company, yeah, anything. I'm just saying that 
they require so much money up front Mm -hmm. to get your Indiegogo campaign funded. And I, um, it made me mad because so many startups and so many entrepreneurs are successful because they start funded. And we are a very lean DIY Mm -hmm. situation. Like I was bootstrapping this project until I, you know, created a pitch deck and reached out to my friends and family. And I was like, please invest in this product. It's going to be big. It's going to be amazing. Trust me. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited and felt so supported to get to our goal. We'll get close to our goal. Um, But but beyond that, like, I don't have $10,000 to pay for marketing Mm -hmm. and um, and PR and all this stuff like (laughs) in it. And it it made me feel really down talking to these companies because they were like, we can't really help you. They're like, we don't know if we're a good fit for you. And I just don't understand. I I don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm a DIY startup, like I'm a startup and I need help promoting my Indiegogo campaign. And their, their dynamics and their strategy is all about putting money into it first mm-hmm. and then, you know, getting funded in the first day. And it's all about, yeah, putting the money in first and then, you know. Yeah, I'm sure their method works. And it's that totally. leap of, it's a leap of faith, right? Like if they went 10000 then how much do you need to make on the Indiegogo to make it worth it? Right. So you get all your money back plus the funding that you need. I mean, I totally hear where you're coming from. Like most of the clients that I have like would cry if somebody asked them to spend $10,000 on anything that wasn't right. like – product oriented, right? Directly right. to what their their cost of goods sold or services are. Yeah. And um it, it was just a little it was a little frustrating that it, you know, it highlighted the part of the startup world and the entrepreneur world that favors already wealthy people. Um not mm-hmm. to generalize it. You know, a lot of people do, you know, take their steps and, you know, um do their due diligence to like Mm-hmm. plan it out and get, you know, prioritize marketing. But I wish there were options out there to support people who that are bootstrapping their projects mm-hmm. um, to, you know, and I think the wonderful thing that women can, can spend time learning is knowing that there's people out there like you and there's other women mm-hmm. coaches and other entrepreneur coaches that can kind of help steer in the right direction without yeah. this enormous price tag um and attitude it was all about the attitude like and it wasn't yeah. just one company it was like well you should probably just start over and just send us your product and we'll deal with it and i was like no <laughs> yeah I, yeah it's so you're right it's rude right and and my unsolicited business advice to that firm is you should never say no to somebody without giving them another option like if they, if I totally understand if like they've set their threshold at ten thousand and you can't afford it, but then the next thing they could have should have done is hey here's a checklist that we have that you could follow to like take some action totally. on your own. Here's another firm that we know is more approachable. Here's someone who could just do social media for you. Like if you are in the business of, of providing people a solution. You haven't, every person that walks through your door, you should be providing a solution to. It mm-hmm. doesn't need to be your 10,000 or 10 million option. 
But if you're committed to helping people, then help people. Like, yeah. They're, 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 I don't know. It just, it, <laughs> it yeah. makes me mad. Like, I'm like, after this call, tell me who they are. They need a phone call. Right. No, it's, um, and yes. And after this podcast as well, there are so many people I know who um, would love to support what you're up to that are way less expensive or might even do <laughs> some stuff for free. So we'll talk about that too. But Thank you. Sounds great. So many options and doing things like this, like telling people and sharing and asking, which you're so good at, is how those things get uncovered. Like you really never know who has the key that you're looking for. And sometimes getting like going down a path and getting so mad is what leads to the solution or actually leads sometimes to a whole new business. That's how half of my businesses have started. Right. I went down a path, got horseshit that everyone was making it so hard when I knew it was not that hard. Right. And I was like, that's it. I'm figuring it out and we're selling this instead. <laughs> Great. It, it reminded me of one of my favorite, um, or just the scenario reminded me one of my favorite, what's the word? Theories, mm-hmm. business themes. Yeah. I never come to my client with, a problem, an issue, or the word no, unless I have a solution or another yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what make business owners and, you know, the yeah. people that are own bosses great and successful because they know that they're, they're always looking for a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that conversation with this man who like didn't really get my product um, made me almost feel more determined. Yes. I was like, I'm going to reach my goal, damn it. And yeah. I don't need you. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. And for everyone who's now also fired up and is like, I'm supporting your Indiegogo <laughs> right now. What do I do? Where do they go and what do they get if they support you? Awesome. Okay, so we have our Indiegogo campaign up and I can send you the link or I don't know how we can make that available, but it's live. We have like 40 days left. We have around 30K left to raise. And there are a few different perks, which all are different packages of our underwear. So they're mm-hmm. all set sold in twos. And they're pre-packaged in a handy go bag so that if you're wearing Switch one day, you can keep a fresh pair in your bag or your desk or your backpack um, and then switch out easily and then put the used pair back in the bag and um, throw them in the wash. And um, so there's the first perk, which is 60 bucks, and it's two pairs of the underwear with the go bag. And then the next two perks are, um, you know, three sets and then two sets and then three sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every perk comes with an additional, uh, product and gift. Um, cool. so we're kind of addressing it like pre-order, but also we want to reach our goal and we did the math and we need, we only need like 500 more 60 buck contributions, mm-hmm. which I know we can reach, um, so even if you are listening and you can't contribute, you know, these are really hard times. We totally get it. 
If you can't contribute, if you can just share the idea, share our page with a few of your friends, a few other women, or just people who love supporting women, um, I'd, I would just be so grateful. Or just share on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, just tell people about it. That's that's We rely heavily on word of mouth. Um, and even if you think that you can't help or your efforts won't work, they will work. Even if you just mention the product to someone, it could just kind of stick in their brain and they mention it to someone else and they mention it to someone else. And that's that's really what's going to help us succeed. Um, so thank you in advance for any utter of the word switch in your future because <laughs> it is helping. Yes, switch underwear. And if they want to Google it right now, they can just put in uh, switch underwear into Indiegogo. I'm sure it will pop up. Yeah. We'll also have all the links um, in the show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Um, so you'll see it everywhere. And we'll tag everything on Instagram as well, right? So you can find it in our Instagram right now. Um, but I mean, ultimately, like Jesse and I were talking about the product after we had the call because – for those of you who know Jesse, he like jumped in <laughs> and we started, you know, he was throwing us some marketing ideas, which made us all like cry with laughter because yeah. um, there really are so many comedic elements to um, this product. If you like, there's so many practical uses, but there's also ways to put comedy across it. Um, totally. And we know that Jesse's already like the first male customer who wants his own set. <laughs> But, like, to me, it's, like, we need this. I, I want every underwear to be like this now, right? Like, it, this isn't a two-pair option. It's, like, how do I get my seven days a week right. kit? Right. Like, if you don't have that, I'd recommend adding that to Indiegogo because, like, I you're going to need seven pairs because you're not going to wear any other underwear unless you have a specific underwear need. But once you realize you can't remove the underwear you have, you're going to be horseshit. My favorite part of starting this brand is the ideas that come from other people that I didn't previously think of. Like my real, um, you know, drive behind the product is that I grew up, it's, it's, it's really a determination of frustration around, um, the, uh, the, openness and the open discussion, the lack of open discussion around female anatomy and sexuality. I grew up thinking that vaginal discharge was wrong. I grew up thinking it was weird. I went to my doctor and she didn't tell me it was okay. She just said, yeah, you know, you're probably just going to have to wear a liner every day. And I was like, what? Like That's insane. That's insane. At the time, I wasn't like, that's not eco-friendly because I didn't know yet that those We'll never die. Um, You know, the first pad ever made is still in our landfills. Um, That's a whole nother tangent. (laughs) But I, you know, I and I didn't feel comfortable until my early 20s talking about my vagina. Like, hey, I have discharge every day. And when I ovulate, it's out of control. Like, what is going on? And my friends being like, oh, that happens to me too. And, you know, talking to my gynecologist more, reading more about it. Um... And, and knowing that it's completely normal. Um, and also learning that, I learned that every woman has completely varying levels of it. I think it's a quarter to one teaspoon a day. You can vary between all that. You know, when you're ovulating, it's more. Um, some people don't even have vaginal discharge. 
you know, I've had some women being, you know, I did a, I did a survey, um, to get more information from women. I, um, it's an ongoing survey and a huge percentage of, or, you know, a big enough percentage of women, I think it was like five to 10% didn't know really what vaginal discharge was until taking that survey. Um, and then it was so interesting to see like where they learned about it. A small portion of it was at school. This should be front page sex ed. Like <laughs> your vagina is perfect. It's okay. The stuff coming out of it is fine. You'll know if something's wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, you will. Um, but, you know, people had to Google it. People had to ask their parents. Like, so vaginal discharge was the main catalyst for me to to really want to pursue this. But a lot of people just don't like wearing pads or tampons and they leak through their underwear and they need to change their underwear. A lot of people have bladder leaks, um, no matter what age, you know, pregnant, postpartum, once you get in your 50s, 60s, like sometimes you just don't know that you're not done peeing yet. And it's like, okay, it's not, it's not weird. It's not gross. It's just, it happens. Um, sweat. Some people sweat a ton. You know, some people's underwear are just completely dissolved by 12 p.m. Like, it's <laughs> it's not <laughs> comfortable. And, you know, you feel embarrassed talking about it. And I think the, the, biggest, the biggest reason is the lack of representation because of the diversity of women. We're not talking about it. You know, everyone's talking about periods now because everyone gets their period. Most people get their period. Um, but... The other things, the other leaks, like they're kind of under the surface and I'm, I'm just so ready to pop that bubble and people talk about what's coming out of their vaginas and it's totally normal and it's totally okay. <clears throat> and um, wanting to change your underwear is okay. Um, and, no, you know, encouraging the um, availability of that information, you know, especially to girls in middle school and um, high school. And, um, it's actually been really cool to see through like my ad insights that, you know, a lot of 18 to 24 year olds are like on board with switch. And I think that's because a lot of information is more readily available. Girls are talking about their vaginas. They're more open about their sexuality, like mm -hmm. their bodies are more accepted. Um, anyway, that was and a long tangent. Well, <laughs> and they're up to things, right? Like whatever, Wherever you're at, like, it's just, like, they're, practically you just are up to things. Yeah. Like, like, you're, we're busy. We're, yeah. We're so busy. And, you know, we don't – some people are like, what? it's not that big of a deal to change your underwear. Granted, that sentence is mostly coming from men. Um, <laughs> but – it is inconvenient. Like, I don't want to step into my work stall and, like, drop my underwear accidentally on the floor. And, like, you know, it just, it's just about the convenience. And, like, back to me saying what my favorite thing was, my favorite, I love it when women say, oh, my God. I get these texts all the time. Like, I get texts, I get DMs, like, ah, oh, I was, I really wanted your underwear the other day. Like, and they hadn't been thinking about it previously. Yeah. Like, the, like, my friend the other day was like, I went on a jog. And this is even in quarantine. I went yeah. on a jog and I had a conference call and I just wanted to change my sweaty underwear. 
Yeah. And I totally wanted Switch. And she was like, I'm so ready for Switch life. Like, I'm so ready. <laughs> or, you know. Um, New hashtag. Hashtag Switch life. <laughs> right. Good good one. Um, and then, you know, a friend texted me. She's like, I really. And, and this was so funny for me because she's not usually, like, open about mm. underwear stuff. And she was like, I could have really used your underwear the other day. I, like, took my pants off, and it looked like I had a pina colada in my underwear. <laughs> like, oh. she was like, I just love these sentences. Like, and my aunt texts me, like, every other day being like, it happened again. I left my house, and I thought I was ready to go, and I guess I wasn't. Like, I keep, I just love those messages, and also just the idea that these women are being open with me, and I love that my inbox is a safe space. <laughs> like, I get it. I am I think about vaginas and underwear 24-7. And, um, I'm, you know, I love hearing new ideas of how the product can be used. I love talking to Jesse when he was like, you know, <laughs> I'd love to buy these for my mom. Or, like, I'd love to buy them for my girlfriend. Like, they, there is a sexual innuendo to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. The funniest question I get from men is, so, like, is this a shit your pants thing or a sex thing? Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, honestly, either. But they somewhere apply, in the middle and there's, also? like, six other options. <laughs> yeah, like, how fun would it be to just, like, you know, you're on a date and you, like, go sneak off into the bathroom and just rip your underwear off. And, like, there, there are totally fun sexual yes. things behind it. And women who are backpacking across country and want to pack light um, and— women who are traveling for work a ton or like in LA traffic or Mm -hmm. I think about women in Texas. Oh my God. If you've ever been to Texas, like it's so hot. (laughs) Like, (laughs) or even Colorado. I went to Denver recently and I, (laughs) we were just there visiting, having a nice time. I was just a casual tourist and it was like 95 degrees. We went to the zoo and by noon I was like, I think I need to cut my underwear off. Like, I like I was genuinely afraid I was going to get a yeast infection because I was so sweaty. And I ended up making my friends stop at a grocery store to get a pack of underwear. Like, Granny Hanes. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I need a new <laughs> pair of underwear immediately. <laughs> like, And if I had just had Switch on that day or, like, at Disneyland— or at, you know, I've actually never been to Disneyland, but I imagine well, it would be like No, that. I, I have a great Disney story for that because we we went on the, whatever the log flume ride is, got, <laughs> I was the only one that got soaked and it was like sitting in a bucket of water and then right. I had to walk around the rest of the day. Like, right. A dry pair of underwear could have changed my life in that totally. moment. Totally. Totally. And, and, you know, there's a, there's a few things there. Like, first of all, you're uncomfortable because you feel like you're sitting in water, but there's also a whole urinary vaginal health aspect mm-hmm. to that. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, the women listening who are super prone to UTIs and yeast infections will really appreciate this. Um, you just, some women, some women, it's fine. Some women, mm-hmm. you cannot be in damp underwear or bad shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of men don't know that. A lot of people don't know that who don't suffer from these things, but you know, it's, you know, it's probably one of the first things your mom teaches you is like pee after sex and change your underwear. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, you know, sitting in damp, sweaty, or just damp underwear 
doesn't create a good environment for our vaginas or our urinary tract because yeah. it creates a habitat that's very it's a tropical susceptible. rainforest. Right. It's like, ooh, bacteria party. Mm-hmm. And that will just sneak up into your parts and create create infection. Um, and so it's just there's so many areas we're targeting. You know, and a huge, another hu- couple of huge um, demographics that this product really works for is the diverse body and disabled community. Um, I've gotten a lot of questions about that. And um, mainly being like, you know, this is, this would be great for like people in wheelchairs or people that are bedridden. Um, Like, why aren't you specifically targeting them? And I, there are, there are already similar products that are, that are made for um, diverse body individuals in the disabled community. Um, But what I don't love is that they target them like and this applies to older women who are starting to experience incontinence. They target them as if, you know, it's like, this is made for you because you're special and you have this condition. And it's I, a secret. And it's a secret. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're special, so this will be different. So so what I don't love about that is that, you know, <laughs> I mean, I do love that products are being created for these these groups of people. Great. Um, but what I love about the switch mission is that this is for all women, like regardless of your body type, regardless of your capabilities, regardless of your age, like we want to change our underwear and it's okay for any reason. Mm -hmm. And, um, here's the product, you know, um, so yeah, there's just so many the so military, many. I've gotten a couple women reached out to us being like, this would be so key for training days. Like not having to take off all your gear and your mm-hmm. combat boots just to change your underwear. I can only imagine. And that and that world is so Masculine. geared towards mm-hmm. masculinity and, and the even the um, apparel is just built from the male figure. And I know it's been adjusted over the years to um, accommodate different body types and gender, but, um, not that gender identity matters, but just, you know, creating it more accessible for females. Mm -hmm. Um, they're not thinking about their underwear. Like, can you imagine? I I mean, I obviously can't imagine because I'm not in the military, but like being out on a mission and having a yeast infection because you had to like lie overnight in your wet, like I, it's, like, this just has to be a staple. Mm-hmm. Like, And you can get military contracts, FYI. I've been looking into it. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> no, I, I do. I mean, there's, there's endless opportunities. And I think it's great that you're leaning in on what your mission is and inviting whoever wants to show up to the party to show up. Because there really are so many different ways that this can be used, right? You ride yeah. your you ride your bike to work. You go to the Love gym during one. lunch. You you know all of it. Like and what what freedom to like not have to completely undress to change your underwear, which sounds right. like a crazy concept right now. Right, mm-hmm. it does and, and, it does sound crazy. It's just it's one of those things where like you don't you don't know you want it until you know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. 
And I think well, the biggest block and brains are like, this is I, maybe I'm projecting, but I think mm-hmm. that the I like it's scary. It's scary to sign on to a product that's so different and so new because it hasn't been created before, really. Like it has been created. Like I don't claim to invent, like I definitely designed a new product, but up until now, this has only applied to specific people that are not like um, marketed to in the mainstream Mm -hmm. um, ad world. Um, And also the idea that your vagina has needs is still a burden Mm -hmm. in a lot of brains. Um, like, I don't want to be different. I don't want to have that need. I don't want to be inconvenienced or a, be an inconvenience. Um, so I think like, you know, pressing go and getting a switch kit, it's empowering. Like, like you're yes. making the choice to prioritize your needs, Just, which it's, is, it's a yes to fresh. That's great. Writing that one down. <laughs> Yeah, that's really what it is. Like, you know, do you choose fresh? Uh, yep. Yeah. I don't need to think hard about that choice. Right. And it's not because you, it's not from a, you know, you need to be fresh. Like, God forbid you're gross. It's you deserve to feel fresh. You deserve to feel dry. You deserve to feel comfortable. Like, there's nothing better than putting on a fresh, dry pair of underwear. Mm-hmm. Especially Um, when you've been not in one recently. Right. And like even, it makes me think too of like the insane endurance things, right? Like I've run Ragnar before where you're in a van for 36 hours and you just keep running. And that's incredible. Well, it's fun. I recommend it. Um, But that is another great place where you're like, oh, I wouldn't have to switch out my, because usually I'm just running in leggings. Right. So I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have to change my whole pants. I could have just changed right. underwear. Good for that you. Would... That's amazing. That sounds so. It's really fun. Intense. Uh, it's more uh, yes and no. I think once you've done it, it's more you realize it's more fun than it is intense, which is why people keep doing it. Um, but I recommend it if you haven't done one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we ask everyone cool. on the show where you put yourself on the powerful lady scale, zero being average everyday human and 10 being super powerful lady. Where would you put yourself today? And where do you think you put yourself on average? So I thought about this because I know you ask this. <laughs> <laughs> and when I take away the element of financials because often I equate success to financials which Mm -hmm. I don't want to be doing it's not about that um right now I feel like a 10 I love it I don't always right now talking with you talking about my life I'm surprised I didn't cry honestly I mean I might still but I was like (laughs) I'm so nervous I'm just gonna burst out crying um because I get emotional uh I um do you get emotional because you're proud um that's a really good question I I think I get I think I honestly get emotional because I I I'm 
<laughs> now I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I get emotional because I'm so sad about how mean I am to myself. Mm-hmm. I think I think on the daily when anxiety is really rearing its head and um, that bad girl is there talking to me, I feel like a zero. Mm-hmm. I feel like an idiot. Like, why the hell would you even do this? Like, why can't you just have a normal job? Like, nine to five. You cannot think about work after work. Go out to drinks. Do the whole thing. Do the normal. Go camping. Have money. God, I've been living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck since I was 18 years old. Um, and I'm, you know, those days I'm like, I'm so fucking tired of it. I just wish I had like a, you know, 90 K your job, like what was wrong with you? But that all comes from insecurities that I grew up with that are not my deal. Like I need mm-hmm. to just like give that up. Um, so, so when I remove those insecurities, like, and remember my past and remember the milestones and remember what I've done, I've never lived a day regretting my past Mm -hmm. and I've never lived a day knowing that if I died tomorrow this sounds so cheesy knowing that if I died tomorrow what am I saying I always live as if I was gonna die tomorrow Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I just I don't want any regrets and I just do it and um I think that because I do that, I feel powerful. But I did not expect to say 10. I'm going to say that right now. I'm like, maybe I'm like a 7. But, like, what makes me not 10? Like, I'm doing my best. I'm literally doing everything I can to pursue my passions in in all aspects of my life. It's not just my job or my career, right. what I'm doing. Like, even with my relationships, like... I'm I'm doing a lot of work this decade, you know, and I, and, and in my relationships, um, I've painted the landscape of what I want my relationships to look like, love Mm -hmm. and friendship included, and I'm making it happen. And I think that's also a really powerful thing. So, um, so yeah, to answer your question, I think some days I feel like a five, zero to five, but... (laughs) When I really think about it and take away the money insecurities, mm-hmm. I feel like a 10. You're a badass. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> um, for everyone that's listening that, you know, is on the fence about should they start a business, should they follow this idea, um, what would you tell them? Like, what would, what would you, what would your advice be to them? You know, my gut response is just do it, you know, because that is what we really live by and what we hear. But there's are always so many variables, you know, like maybe you have families, maybe you have kids like there there's a there's a unit besides yourself that you do have to think of. Mm-hmm. But the difference between just going for it and just going for it, disregarding the rest of your life is asking the people who love you for what you need. Like, babe, I need to pursue this. How can we together make this work? Mm -hmm. Or like, I want this job here. You know, I want to do this here. Like you asking doesn't mean that you're not taking into account other people's feelings. Yeah you're 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 creating a positive boundary for yourself 
and you'll be surprised about you'll be surprised by how much the people around you and the people who love you want to make it a possibility for you. And if they don't, then they probably shouldn't be in your life. Yes. So not, not at least in the trust circle. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I think that's great advice. It's, it allows you as the person taking the leap of, of faith in yourself and, and your concept to... Um, create it with other people and also allow people to be a contribution to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so many things that you're going to, we, that we need help with and support with and reminders. And sometimes it's not like forwarding the business. Sometimes it's, you know, reminding us that we have a life <laughs> beyond the business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, even things like in my life when, you know, I get the look at Jesse like, hey, like I, it, you know, he, we, we had a whole conversation about how important it is to him that we have dinner together. Not every night, but like this level of normalcy, right? Like he's really committed that I don't work 24 seven. Cause I, t- if I was not in a relationship, I absolutely could. Oh yeah. And there are days when I'm like, oh, I wish he had plans tonight so I could keep working. Um, you know, like that's part of my brain. Cause I know that like I'm in the groove or like, if I just get this done today, I would feel so much better tomorrow. But I really appreciate that I have him to say like, no, like you need to pause. You need to stop. Yeah. Like you can't run yourself into the wall, which I'm also good at. I really appreciate you sharing mm-hmm. that. He's Cause he's prioritizing you too. Like yeah. something I really forget to do is prioritize my self care when mm-hmm. I'm working or I'm deep in some work shit. I think that completing the task I want to complete is going to make me feel whole and make me feel valued in myself. Yes. But I really, I need to eat lunch. Yeah. You know, I need to eat, <laughs> I need uh-huh. to eat lunch and I need to stick to my meal plan. I need to go mm-hmm. to meetings. I need to go to therapy. I need to wash my face and brush my teeth in the morning. And change and, your underwear. And get out of my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, change my underwear. Like prioritizing your well-being outside of your drive is really important. And Mm -hmm. having partners like Jesse is so key, you know, because they have your best interests at hand too, you know, at heart too. And, um, you know, eating dinner with him is a huge positive to your day and Mm -hmm. makes, it just makes it better. Yes, it does. Well, this has been so lovely. I've had such a pleasure to talk with you again. I'm so excited about Switch Underwear, and I'm excited for everyone else to now know about it and go get themselves a pack. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. I feel like I just blacked out. (laughs) (laughs) Did a little powerful blackout. I was totally serious about wanting all of my underwear to be switchable underwear. I mean, once you've been able to change your underwear on the go, why would you ever accept one leg at a time like old school underwear? I love how connected Isabel is to her brand and that she's not just solving a practical problem, but additionally giving a voice to women and a space to have real conversations about how real women's bodies function. She really is a 10, and I hope she remembers that every day. 
To connect, support, and follow Isabel, you can first and foremost get yourself some pairs of Switch underwear at our Indiegogo campaign. If you go to Indiegogo.com and you put in Switch underwear, S-W-T-C-H, you'll find it right away. Plus, it's in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com forward slash podcast. You can also find her on Instagram at Switch Underwear, again, S-W-T-C-H. And they're also on Facebook and their website is switchunderwear.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Powerful Ladies Podcast. There are so many ways you can get involved and get supported with fellow Powerful Ladies. First, subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. Join the Powerful Ladies Thrive Collective. This is the place where Powerful Ladies connect, level up, and learn how to thrive in business and life. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. And of course, visit our website, thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. Without her, this wouldn't be possible. You can follow her on Instagram at Jordan K. Duffy. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love. Thank you.